Smarties, today we welcome Gracie to the podcast. If you have not had the opportunity to go to episode 210 and listen to that episode, go ahead and do that because we interview Gracie's mom, Megan, and it's a really good primer for the conversation that we have with Gracie today. Today, she talks about how she needs to focus on the forest, not the trees, and how she learned to do that, and the importance of thinking about the big picture. Spoiler, she talks a lot about how Steph used games to help her realize this. Gracie talks about self-advocacy, the backpack map, the importance of partnering with adults at school, like teachers and counselors. She also advocates for people getting help and how intervention with stuff at my ed therapist has transformed her family and home life. Smarties, if you have a learner who is struggling in the same way as Gracie, go ahead and put this episode on in the car in a casual way where your learner can't get out of the car. So you can have these conversations with your learner at home. We love to talk to you about your kids. So if you're interested, feel free to sign up for a phone call with Steph's practice at www.myedtherapist.com and or my practice, which is Cap Ed Therapy Group. Our website is www capedtherapy.com. And as an aside, we want to send and extend a special thank you to all the neuropsychologists and clinical psychologists and therapists who refer to us as a result of this podcast. We see you. We appreciate you. We love connecting with you. And so go ahead and shoot us an email so we can talk. We love getting to do that. Now let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer you have to learn smarter the educational therapy podcast hi smarties welcome to episode 211 of learn smarter the educational therapy podcast i'm stephanie pitts and i'm rachel cap and today i am really excited for part two we have gracie with us today hi gracie Hi. This is really great because if you haven't listened, go back and listen to last week's episode where Gracie's mom came on and talked about her journey as a parent. And now we have Gracie here today to talk about her version of the story. I'm super excited to have you here. You know that I've wanted you to come on for a while. So welcome. Cool. Yep. So let's get started. And what we think would be best is for you to talk to us a little bit about what brought you to Steph in the first place. That was in eighth grade, right? Yeah. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about what brought you? Tell us about your eighth grade self. Okay. I'm going to try to remember because it was like a really long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. So it was middle of eighth grade because I think we had like already started school. And I don't even remember what my grades were like, what, you know, but I just remember there was a really big like disconnect between me and my teachers and stuff. And it was like really, really prevalent in eighth grade because, but the big thing was like, I had like a ton of missing work and so much of it was stuff that I didn't even know about. So then like find out about it and I'd be like, wait, whoa, what's going on? And it just became like really hard for me and my mom to like manage because it wasn't even like something that she could get mad at me about because I didn't even like half the time, like realize it. So I think that that's when she was like, okay, you know what? Maybe we could like find someone who could help, you know, like take this burden kind of like off of me. Cause I think it was like really hard for her. And then that's when I started working with Stephanie. Yeah. So 
you came, definitely you were struggling to keep track of everything. Your eighth grade self was very determined that you didn't really need help. Yeah, I didn't think there was anything wrong. I was convinced it was just something everybody else went through when it clearly wasn't. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that confuses parents when this is going on with their kid, that your perception of what was going on was that it was normal. I'd go to school, I'd hang out with my friends, I'd get home, I'd play with my sister or whatever, I'd hang out with more friends, I'd go to practice, and then I'd go to school the next day. I don't know how to describe it. Like I do my homework, but as I was doing my homework, I never really thought about like the big picture, which is something like I look at now. So like I kind of like map out my whole week and stuff. And I think about like how the stuff that I'm doing that day is going to like affect the rest of my week. Mm. And I think I was so focused in eighth grade on just the little things, like every single day kind of stuff. You were focused on the trees and you needed to be able to see the forest as well. Exactly. I would do one assignment. And then once I was done with one, and like, I think that this is like something that I also like have talked about with like friends that have ADHD, like they experience it too. Once I would do one assignment for that night, whether it be a missing assignment or just like an assignment that was due that night, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. Like my brain would just be like, okay, you're done. You did that. That's great. And then I would go do something else. And then I would just like leave the entire pile of stuff that had to be done in the corner because I just like, you know, once I was done, I had the satisfaction of being done. When I go do an errand, I'm going to reward myself by buying like a $6 coffee. Yes, exactly. Like you did a good job. <laughs> I did something unpleasant that I didn't want to do. So I have to figure out a way to make it happy on the end, right? Like a reward for myself, which is just ignoring the rest of the other three errands that I have to do, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what did you think when you first met Steph? Do you remember your first session with her? Yeah, I remember we played like a, a game in the beginning. <laughs> rush hour uh-huh. when I played it a couple weeks ago I did one round didn't get it did the next round and then I thought about the big picture because I was like looking at each individual car instead of looking at how like I can get to like the end the finish line basically it's just like a game where there's cars and then there's a finish line you have to get this certain car to the finish line and when we played it on the first day in eighth grade I was so bad at it like I could not do it because I kept thinking about each individual car and I was so stubborn like so so stubborn before I came to Stephanie I had done like a ton of testing I don't Mm -hmm. know what you'd call it but we had just come back from Ohio and I had done a ton of stuff at the Cleveland Clinic Mm -hmm. and I had done a ton of stuff with the therapist and Mm -hmm. just like all this stuff to test you know like my OCD my ADHD And I think I was like so fed up. I was like, oh my gosh, like not another thing. Like I can't do this. So I think I actually Mm. remember like that day just being like, I don't want to go back. Not because of Stephanie per se, but because like I literally like, I did not want to be in like that whole like doctor patient situation again, Mm. even though it totally wasn't that. And there was so much that she was picking up on just by watching me like struggle at that game. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of like what I remember from my first session. I want to pull out a couple Uh pieces of gems of what you've said so far, Uh because it's not just parents. We also have like other therapists and learning specialists and teachers who would listen. When a student doesn't want to come, lots of times it has nothing to do with the clinician that they were working with. Oh, yeah. You had this whole history and all these feelings that you were bringing into session. It sounds like Steph made session fun. 
oh my gosh, yeah, like the game is like a fun game, but it reminded me of things that I'd done in the past that like really had triggered me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it was hard for yes, you. exactly. Since we played it again recently, what was so fascinating is that as she was doing it, we were talking about the things that were happening and what I was seeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she got it. Mm-hmm. And she made the connection of, oh, I see what you're talking about. And I see how you are understanding how my brain is working watching me do this. If you guys could see her face. Spoiler alert. Rush Hour is the game that Steph plays when she's looking for executive functioning challenges. So it's awesome that now you're at the point, Gracie, where you can have the metacognitive conversation. Metacognitive means the thinking about thinking conversation. And Steph, I love that we're like sharing this real life example of how to gamify Mm -hmm. a session, but go on. Okay. So you were talking through it with her. Yeah, we were talking through it and, and she was definitely in a place where she could see, and we were sort of talking about real life stuff that was similar Yeah, and where she struggles and how she approaches tasks. And it was her seeing the forest Mm. for sure for that one, Mm. which was unbelievable. And you were fine at it. I I wasn't struggling that. I mean, in the first round, but after that first round, I was like, Oh, I got this. Yeah, totally. Totally. So it's important that that's part of this conversation of you can sort of now see where your brain likes to go with things and likes to process things. So you shared about that first session, Gracie. What ultimately happened? You came back, right? I did. Yeah. So I want to talk about you came back, even though it was a triggering experience for you. Talk a little bit about what that part of your journey was like working with Steph. And then are you talking about coming back after I left or the next week? The next session. Okay. Yeah. So the next session I came back, I didn't want to go. Like my mom was like, no, no, no. Like you have to go. Like she's going to help you. Like you have to go. And I was like, okay, like fine. I think I like just, I don't know. Like I probably just wanted to like hang out at home. Mm-hmm. I went after practice and I just remember like you pulled out my agenda and you're like, have you ever used it? And I was like, no, like I've never used my agenda. And like, I just kind of had like a vendetta against agendas. Like I hated them because I think that was like what everybody always told me, like use your agenda. That's why you're like, not dumb, but like literally. Yeah. Mm. So I remember you pulling out the agenda and you're like, have you ever used it? And I was like, no. And I was like, everybody tells me to use it, but like, I'm not going to use it. It's not going to work for me. And then she kind of just started like showing me ways that it would work. Well, there's different types of agendas. And then there's also like different types of ways that you can use your agenda so that you remember to do it every day, because that's like the whole thing. Like I just couldn't remember to do it. Mm-hmm. And then once I'd like pick it back up, it already had been like a month past. And I'd have like all the assignments. Right. So she showed me how to use that. And I was like, okay, wait, this is actually really cool. Do you remember specifically what she showed you to do with it? I remember we talked about her school had different days and it was a rotating calendar. Yes. And so there was like blue day and white day or something. I don't even remember that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) One of the things that we did was we put blue and white day in the calendar because that was one of the things that she was holding in her brain to remember which day was which. We like highlighted them either gray or blue. That helped. Mm -hmm. And, you know. 
she loves the colors. So I knew I was getting her with the colors. Ah, he totally okay. got me. She's okay. like, you know, you can get like cool pens. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yes, sign me up. <laughs> okay. So you're starting to experience some openness regarding an agenda. I really appreciate the fact that you shared like, yeah, everybody had told you to do it. And you didn't think it was going to work for you. And the truth was, was it probably wasn't because you weren't going to do it daily. Exactly. That's the part that I think when adults are like, use your planner, use your agenda, use your calendar. Like the accountability of doing it daily is really, really hard for students with an ADHD brain. Yeah. So go on with your story. She told me (laughs) to empty my backpack and I was like, oh "Oh, no. (laughs) We've seen it all, Gracie. Mm -hmm. We've seen it all. That was when like my biggest thing was organization. Like that's what I struggle mm. with. And it's so funny because now I'd say like that's one of like the lesser things I struggle with. Like my backpack's pristine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so what we did was we emptied the backpack and then there were probably like thousands of pieces of paper that came out. Pieces of paper that were crumbled at the bottom. And it wasn't like gross, but it was just like, like, no, you don't want that in your backpack. And then all these little sticky notes and all these like pens that were in the bottom. And then there would be like um, reminders and stuff. And so she looked at me and she was like, okay, like now let's sort through them. So I started looking through them and I literally remember being like, oh my God, because half of these papers were assignments in eighth grade. We did more like handout stuff. Now we do more online work, but it was like all these handouts that like I had missing that I just thought I like never even knew about, even though technically I did, I just kind of like stuffed it in there that day and then forgot about it. Yep. What a metaphor. And they're all of these like wrinkled papers and I'm pulling them out. I'm like, I don't feel embarrassed, but I just feel like, how did I not know about this? Like what is going on? Mm. Then we started sorting them, I think into like junk and like to do stuff, like stuff that I could throw away. That was just like, honestly, like a random piece of paper and then stuff that I actually needed. And I'd say there was maybe like four things that we could throw away and like 20 things that I needed. And that's kind of when I was like, oh my God, like there's a lot of stuff that like needs to get done that I just would have never done if I didn't empty it in my backpack. And then we made the infamous backpack map. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which we still have. (laughs) That was yours. Yep. And I've posted it before on social media. That is... Gracie's backpack map that she made when she was in eighth grade. We'll go back (laughs) and link the episode where we talk about a backpack map because you are not the first. We've been talking about that for years and years and years. So we'll, I still use it. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I think that that's literally one of the biggest things that has helped me. Good. And I remember like when we mapped that out, I was like, there is no way I am ever going to use this again. It is going to become one of those pieces of paper. And to this day, like I have two binders and I stack them opposite ends so that it, you know, goes together as one rectangle Mm -hmm, and sits mm -hmm, perfectly in my backpack. mm -hmm. It has an order from like bigger ones to smaller Mm -hmm. ones. Like to this day, I don't even need the map anymore. I just know if something's Mm -hmm. off because it'll be in my back and I'll be like, wait a second, like I need to rearrange this. So I like still use that to this day. It is like really effective. You can visualize it. Oh, completely. I can feel it. Yeah, for sure. This is reminding me that I need to create a backpack map for Elliot's backpack, my son's backpack for our baby bag. Uh-huh. Okay. And I've linked episode 16 in the show notes where we talk all about that. That's how long we've been talking about this, Gracie. <laughs> That's episode 16 That's and you're on episode oh 2. Oh my God. Okay. You just had this like realization 
because you can't ignore it. It's right there in front mm-hmm. of you, right? Yeah. You and Steph are working through things. Are you getting through that list? Are you getting through that pile of things now? Yeah. Yeah. And then the infamous moment of, I think we should stop. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Okay. I remember at the end of eighth grade, I had gotten all of my work done. I had brought my grades up. I was not afraid about talking to my teachers anymore. Like I was really open and talking to them. I also like was really fortunate to go to like a small private school. So I had like a ton of teachers that were working side by side with me. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it'd have been like if I was at a public school like I am now. You would have been okay. You would have gotten the skills you needed. I would have, but like at that point in time, it would have been a lot harder. So I was very fortunate to have that. And so I think I just like got really kind of like hot headed and I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I kind of got this at the same time. I was also starting and I know it sounds so young, but I really was like starting to look at colleges for recruiting for my sport. And of course I had to list like every other girl does. It was like the summer between eighth and ninth grade. Yes, exactly. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. Like I'm all good. You know, like I'm going to do my thing, go to college and I'm going to remember everything that of course I was still like just going into high school, but I was looking at like the bigger picture. So I was like, you know, like I've got all these cool things I've learned from Stephanie, you know, like what's going to be the difference. It's going to be high school. Same thing. I'll use all those college, same thing. I'll use all those, which like now as an 11th grader, it is so different. And I can't even imagine what college is going to be like. It'll be easy or crazy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it probably will be. And I'll have a lot of people with me. Don't worry. I'm not going to send you into the abyss and not <laughs> have support. You'll be fine. I promise. I definitely know that. There's definitely going to be a lot of FaceTimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah. So my parents have always been very supportive in my decision. The way that they parent me is like, if I make a mistake, that's cool. That's my decision. And I have to like learn from it. So I told them, I was like, you know what? I don't think I need Stephanie anymore. And mom was like, that's so not true. And I was like, no, no, like really, I think I, I can do this. And she was like, no, no, you can't. And I was like, but I don't want to do it anymore. And she's like, you know what? Your decision, that's fine. I don't think you can, but you've got this. <laughs> so I stopped going, started freshman year. And I was at a new high school. Again, it was a small private school. You were doing well for a little while. Yes. I remember like the first month I was like kind of crushing it. Like (laughs) the weird thing about the school was I was taking much harder classes than like most freshmen. I think, I don't even know why, but they saw that I had learning disabilities, but they saw that I was also like a smart kid and I could learn well in the right environment. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I hit a wall. I started getting tired. You got comfortable. I got really comfortable, like too comfortable. And then I also started realizing a lot of the red flags in that school. And of course, I'm not going to say the name, but it works for a lot of people. It didn't work for me. And there was like a gap. Like I'd be in school and I'd be learning and I'd be, you know, writing in my agenda. Like I do remember using my agenda freshman year. And then I'd get home, I'd look at it and I'd be like, what's going on? Like, how do I do this? What am I doing? Then, you know, like the missing assignments started piling on. And then I remember that year was like the worst year ever. Like then they started really piling. Like, I mean, in this one class, I think I had like 24. And for me also, like, I'd say I have perfectionist tendencies. I wouldn't say I am a perfectionist. Kind of forgot about grades. Like I never checked my grades. I didn't go to my counselor once. And then when I finally did go to my counselor... 
there's a lot of stuff that kind of went down. Mm. She wasn't that great of a person and it wasn't the best thing ever. And then there was another counselor, this guy, and he was creepy, you know? Mm. So I was just like, I never wanted to go to them. Right. And that's the other thing. Like counselors are huge. Like my counselor now, I go to her all the time and she helps me with literally everything. So the fact that I didn't have a counselor really made an impact. Mm. Gosh, I just remember I was starting to get C's and that's when I was like, I think my parents started realizing, oh crap, like this is not good because the schools I was looking at, you couldn't have C's. Like that was just not an option. Mm -hmm. So I remember just getting so like, you know what? Oh, well, that's cool. I have C's. I have D's. That's awesome. I'm going to still go to a college, which is so not the case. (laughs) And that's just going to be it. I'm going to get in because of my insane athletic ability. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I was a great athlete, but like, I wasn't like top tier back then. Mm. So I think I just had kind of like a, a higher than now view of myself. I wasn't cocky, but I like you know, I thought everything was going to turn out okay. Yeah. You were just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Exactly. And for the first time in my life, I really started failing at stuff. Yeah. So then my parents, we started freaking out. And then this is like January, of course, like the worst thing ever happened. My school shut down because of COVID. Mm. And I remember being like elated. Like I was like, oh my God, it's so awesome. Like I'm going to work from home. You got lucky. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to crush it at home. Like I'm going to get my grades back up. This was after first trimester. So I had literally probably gotten like all C's first trimester. So I was pretty um, excited for second trimester. And from what it sounds like that I've talked to my friends now that have ADHD, we all literally failed Mm. on Zoom. It was the worst thing ever. And teachers were not there for us. They had no clue how to deal with it. This is from my school, by the way. So I had friends at other schools. The teachers were great. Nobody knew what to do. Exactly. And it wasn't their fault, but like, yes, they weren't there because they didn't know what to do. And they were in crisis in their own homes too. Exactly. Yeah. There were teachers that like left the school. It was just a big deal. So Mm -hmm. doing work from home was actually like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I think I did even worse. And then by the end of that year, did we start back third trimester or sophomore year? No, maybe sophomore year. Yeah, I think it was sophomore year. But let's just like fast forward a little bit. You ended up switching schools. I did, which was the best decision I've literally ever made. You started crushing it at the new school. Yes. And then you literally ran out of gas. Exactly. And that's when I started working with you. And I mean crushing it. I mean like I was getting like straight A's. Like I was... I was doing great. I think this is really important for our audience to understand that that's fairly typical. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes into the new school year. It's like, I'm going to be on top of it. I'm not going to let the same patterns emerge. Everything is going to be great. And the truth is you are, but the energy that that takes for an ADHD brain or for a brain of a learner who struggles with executive functioning skills is so tremendous that you guys don't pace yourselves. Yeah. You lose steam and you lose gas. And that's why we get a lot of calls in October. That's so true. Oh my gosh. I think it was October. Mm -hmm. For (laughs) sure. You basically ran out of steam and you couldn't maintain what you needed to maintain and your grades went down. Yeah. It was not fun. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, I did it again. Like my parents are going to be so disappointed. I'm going to be so disappointed. Okay, Gracie. So now things have gone sideways. Can you talk a little bit about how the decision came to be to come back to working with stuff? 
I think that was pretty much like my parents. I think they just were kind of like, you can't do this on your own. And I of course agreed because I was struggling. I was like, yeah, I can't. And they were like, you're going to need to go back to Stephanie. Not as like an ultimatum type thing. It was just like, kind of like practical, like you need to do that. Yeah, exactly. It's the right thing to do. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'll do that. You know, I came through the door with my tail between my legs. Like I was (laughs) like, yay, I screwed up again. But like the best thing about it was Stephanie was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's just like start from square one. There was no like guilt. That's like the other thing I feel like for people that are listening, Mm. there's no guilt in it. It's literally just like going to like get help. There's like a stigma towards like mental health and like going to get help, which I have totally seen in like my friends and like with myself. I don't get it. Like, so what? So what I started like screwing up with my grades. Because I think also like the town that I grew up in, everybody cares about their grades. Yes. Like if you don't have A's, you're dumb. Yeah. The fact that I wasn't getting A's, the fact that I had mental disorders, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a problem. Like I'm not like anybody else. And I'm not like, oh my God, half the kids in this town have the same thing. It's so common. Yes. The fact that Stephanie was like, so just like, yeah, okay, let's get back to work. You know, so open. There was literally no judgment. That's what made me want to continue working with her. And I have continued working with her. Going to Stephanie is like, it's me getting on the same level with everyone else who just already does this in their own brain. It was definitely something that was necessary to get back to. This happens to both of us and it happens to clinicians all the time. Mm -hmm. We should just expect it because it's an appropriate part of intervention is they think they have it. Let them go and fail forward or whatever. Yeah. But the truth is, is like from a personal perspective, there's just a little behind the scenes. We get very excited when you guys come back because we like you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For sure. I always liked meeting with her. And that's the same thing. I love meeting with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was always fun. Because here's the thing. You're so open. And the amount that you've grown in recognizing what was going on and what you were struggling with, really helping you accept the help. Yeah. In trying the different ways to see what would work for you. And let's just get her done. Yeah. Steph was so excited, Gracie, when you met your GPA goal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes, I was. When you first came back and I said, let me look at my notes and see what we talked about the last time I saw you. Do you remember this conversation? I do. I had written down, your brain tricked itself. I do remember that. You honestly were shocked at how much your brain was actually lying to itself. Oh my God, yeah. You had no idea to the depth that your brain would go to to get past something, whether it was an assignment or ignoring something or pretending like it wasn't actually happening or that you thought you did it or that you thought you turned it in. That's so true. Like there was such a disassociation from reality. Mm-hmm. I love that you shared that stuff because... I love when we have learners coming on the podcast because this is the first time you and I met, right, Gracie? Yeah. But I know you. That's so true. Yeah. And still sometimes we have a conversation where I'll say to you, is that in? And you'll go, wait, I'm pretty sure I turned it. Wait, let me just check. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We did this last week and I was like, you said it's in. And I was like, yeah. And then I looked at my thing. Uh I thought about it. I was like, wait a second. I don't remember turning this in. And then I went back. And then I realized, oh my God, I did it, but I never mm-hmm. click submit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's crazy how much my brain will literally, like, if I finish something, it'll be like, hey, you're done. It's done. And when is schoolwork done, Gracie? Do you know the rule? 
Schoolwork is done when it's in the teacher's hands. That's so true. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schoolwork is done when it's in the teacher's hands. This is a common thing of the learners that we work with. It's schoolwork is done when it's in the teacher's hands. And your online portal is not a system for managing your time. Oh my gosh. Yes. We definitely had to go over that a bit. Mm -hmm. Put assignments on the day they're due, not the day they're assigned. All these little things are why we do what we do. What can you share about how your family, your relationship with your mom, your home life has transformed as a result of this relationship with staff sort of working? This is so funny you're talking about because I was just thinking about this yesterday. The amount of peace and just like, like just less intention that's in my house, it literally gives me goosebumps right now because I used to come home. My mom could tell because I would come home so tense and I just wait for my mom to crack and be like, you didn't do this and you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And like, you could see it on my face. You could see it on her face. You could see it on my dad's face. Even my sister, like it affected my sister too. Yeah. And she doesn't have to, you know, go through like these types of things. Um, she has a pretty nice brain, but um, <laughs> it even affected her. And I think that's something like it affects siblings. It totally does. Because when someone in the family is, you know, struggling, it affects the rest of the family. Like we would just argue. Oh my God, we would argue every single day when I get home from school, we'd argue about this assignment. And then my mom would, you know, she'd pull up on her computer, the list of missing assignments I had. And then my dad would, after I get home from school, he talked about the missing assignments that I had. Mm. If I did poorly on a test, the nice thing about them is they've never, ever, you know, said, Grace, like you have to get this grade on a test. But say it was like a test that they knew that I didn't study for. They'd be like, Grace, like, why did you get a C on this? Like, you didn't study for this. You could have easily gotten an A if you studied was so annoying because I knew it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I already had like the guilt in my head and they were just bringing it back up. And the shame around it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So now I come home from school. I don't even think about school. Mm-hmm. I think about going to practice and I think about hanging out with friends and I think about getting my homework done in a positive way. I don't remember the last time my mom handed me a post note with missing work on it. Mm. And that is the biggest thing. Like if you are a parent, I know it seems like you're helping when you give your kid like the post note with the missing work on it. <laughs> it drives them crazy. Of course. Oh my God. This is going to be like a weird example, but I've always used this in my sport too. When you're a drug addict, you can't get better until you actually like acknowledge that you're a drug addict. <laughs> you know, that's so true. Yeah. So I couldn't get better. My mom couldn't stop giving me the post notes until I said, you know, like, Hey, I need help because I'm struggling with this. So I think that now that I acknowledge the fact that I'm going to always need help, she hasn't brought me a post-it note since like last year. Mm. There is so much peace now. The only things we argue about are like (laughs) what we're going to have for dinner. (laughs) Normal things. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, like sibling arguments. It's rarely ever about school. So this is one of my favorite things to talk to students about when they're at this point in the process, but what would you go back and tell eighth grade, seventh grade Gracie? That's a good question. Cause I've thought about this. I would tell her because she was so stubborn. She thought she was like a mature adult. She thought that she knew everything. Mm. I would tell her just listen, you're going to get the offer from your dream school. Mm. You're going to get straight A's. You're going to get the GPA you want. 
but you're not going to get it unless you like completely just wave the white flag, you surrender. Like Mm. you're not going to get it unless you just say like, Hey, I need help. Because all I wanted when I was little was to like be seen as an adult and be treated as one. I didn't even realize that I needed help. I had created this barrier in my head and I would just tell her, Hey, you know, like this person is going to help you. If you just go home and get your work done, your life is going to be so much more peaceful and you're going to like reap all the benefits that you want it. Hit your goals. Exactly. It's possible. Oh, so proud. I'm proud of you. Oh, thanks. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Getting the grades. You've gotten into the school. You're doing well. Keep maintaining. It's something that I look forward to now. Like I like going to Stephanie because I know that when I go to her, we're going to find stuff that I didn't do. We're going to do it. And then my grades are going to be better. Yeah. Now I love looking at my grades because when I look at them, I'm like, oh my God, wait, that's so cool. I got an A in that. (laughs) (laughs) It's not anxiety anymore. When I look at my grades when I was little, I'd like start sweating. And now I look at it and I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at your friends and the way that they're doing things yeah, in your brain, are you like, you could be doing that better? I look at the way that they write in their agenda. My friend actually just showed me this way when she's started something and she hasn't finished it, but she has started it. She'll put a little dot next to it. And I was like, oh my God, that's genius. Mm. I pick up things from other people. I haven't looked at them and thought they could do something differently, but I definitely look at them and think, oh, I could be doing that differently. On that note, Gracie, will you say our signature sign off? Have a great week, Smarties. (laughs) Have a great week. Have a great week.